What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney. This is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movies Game Night and The Favorite. First off, I want to talk about Game Night, a comedy starring Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams about a couple who have weekly game nights. But things go awry as Jason Bateman's brother comes back to town, played by Kyle Chandler from Friday Night Lights, and Kyle Chandler wants to turn Game Night into a murder mystery, and that murder mystery goes awry. There's a lot of twists and turns in this funny comedy. I really enjoyed this movie. There are a couple of things in this movie that I thought were interesting enough to talk about on a podcast. So here I am. First off, Jason Bateman is the best comedic movie star since Bill Murray. With box office hits like the Horrible Bosses franchise, Office Christmas Party, and so on and so forth. I think he's just the best leading comedic guy. I mean, you can make the case for Seth Rogen. I'm clearly a huge Seth Rogen fan also. I just think Jason Bateman is that guy. He's the closest thing we have to what Bill Murray used to be. You could put Jason Bateman in a stripes-like scenario, and he's going to make the best of things. There was that movie The Switch with him and Ryan Reynolds. I mean, even that's funny. Jason Bateman makes these weird, ridiculous scenarios, and you always see the movies through his eyes. In Office Christmas Party, you see this wacky Office Christmas Party go crazy through the eyes of Jason Bateman, and he's always playing the normal guy, but he's playing it so hilariously. I think he's doing something very different than what Bill Murray used to do, because Bill Murray used to be the thing that was weird. In comedies, Jason Bateman is the guy who's kind of weird, but he's noticing the weirdness all around him in these movies, and it is hilarious to watch. I mean, I've watched this guy since his dodgeball days. He was in the movie Starsky and Hutch. He made a bunch of Vince Vaughn movies. He's become his own guy. I love the show Arrested Development. He's just hilarious in everything he does. You can put him in any scenario, make him the lead character. He is what he is if. If if Jason Bateman were playing the straight man in Seinfeld, like Seinfeld was doing, he could do a better job of it. Jason Bateman is the best guy at playing the straight man in a comedy I have ever seen. He is the best comedic actor working since Bill Murray. It's not even close, really. I mean, Horrible Bosses, he carries that movie on his shoulders. Charlie Day and Jason Sudeikis and Jamie Foxx being ridiculous doesn't work if you don't have a character like Jason Bateman's going, wow, this is insane. And in this movie, again, he plays this over-competitive, normal guy who sees this wackiness go around him and he acts completely insane. It is one of his better performances. He carries this movie game night. Like by far, he's the best thing of this movie. His wife in this movie is played by Rachel McAdams, and she has quickly become one of the most underrated actresses. I mean, basically since Spotlight, she is just movie after movie killing it. She's amazing in this movie. She she has so many dimensions to her characters. I mean, it's insane. She can go from Doctor Strange in that weird world. She can be in that movie Spotlight. She is the absolute best thing of the Best Picture movie Spotlight. She should definitely have an Oscar. She's only been nominated once. That is a travesty. I mean, since Wedding Crashers and Mean Girls, she is dominant. She's a box office hit after box office. She is more consistent than actresses like Anne Hathaway or Blake Lively. She's just more consistent than her other 
competitors. I just think she's the most consistent, one of the most consistent actresses working in Hollywood today. If Rachel McAdams is in a movie, I think it's probably a pretty good high quality type of movie. Yeah, does she make too many movies about time travel for some reason? Yeah, probably. But again, she can fit in the comedy world. She can do superhero movies. Her and Benedict Cumberbatch had insane chemistry in Doctor Strange. Oh, and by the way, she can be in a drama and spotlight and flat out carry the movie and have the best performance in a movie that had Mark Ruffalo in it and Michael Keaton and she was the best thing in that movie go rewatch spotlight and in this movie her character is so over competitive about game night it's hilarious again her and Jason Bateman are kind of co-leading this movie and it's insane she goes toe-to-toe with them they have insane chemistry her chemistry with Jason Bateman is real people and it is a pure delight. I think this movie Game Night is the best comedy I've seen in probably the last two years. And the reason for this is John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. John Francis Daly, as you may know him, was in the was in the TV show Bones and the TV show Freaks and Geeks. He's a main character in both of those shows. His acting work is impressive. His writing work is magnificent along with his writing partner, Jonathan Goldstein. Okay, they've written the movies Horrible Bosses, those movies Spider-Man Homecoming and this, Game Night. Their movies are different. Their sense of humor is just right on right now. Those are the funniest movies. Spider-Man Homecoming almost plays like a high school John Hughes movie. These guys know what's funny right now. They are making best movies. Their only flop is the vacation movie. And I understand why they tried to make that one. I mean, come on. You're going to have some hits and misses. Vacation was really bad, but Horrible Bosses is the funniest thing I've seen in forever. And John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein wrote that. Spider-Man Homecoming, they're going to be directing the the Flash movie. I mean, they they're the mix of comedies and superheroes and everything, and they, they're two of the best writers and directors working right now, in the comedic world anyway. I mean, they're not Steven Spielberg, but I mean... If I want something funny, I'm going to these guys about what's funny because this movie has so many twists and turns. Another thing I noticed in this movie, actor Billy Mangusen, he's in the show, he's in the show, Get Shorty. He is hilarious. Billy Mangusen, look this guy up. He is the new Ashton Kutcher. And what I mean by that, Billy Mangusen is so good at playing dumb characters. The first time I realized this was when I saw Billy Mangusen as the print, as a prince in Into the Woods. He is trying to fall in love with Rapunzel. He is so good at playing the likable, good-looking, dumb guy who girls fall in love with but has no real sense of self. It's hilarious. He is the new Ashton Kutcher in that way. It is so good. He is so good in that role. I mean, I've been I've been waiting for someone like this. He was also in the mo- movie Velvet Buzzsaw. Again, he plays another dumb guy in that movie. He's so good at playing dumb. I mean, I don't want him to always play dumb, but it is so good. Ashton Kutcher was key dumb as Kelso in that 70s show. And I could definitely see Billy Mangusen taking this all the way to a sitcom or something. He's just so good. Those free movies, this, Into the Woods, he's so good. He sings in that too. And Velvet Bustle, he's just a master of playing dumb, funny characters. I'm not insulting him. It's just something he's very good at. And it's something I admire in my comedic performances. I mean, You need those type of characters in these movies, and he's so good at playing them. And the last thing I want to talk about Game Night is Lamorne Morris and Kylie 
Bunbury have amazing chemistry. If you don't know Lamorne Morris, he is Winston from New Girl, and he is hilarious in this film, and he is married to a character played by actress Kylie Bunbury. They have the best chemistry in the movie. Okay, throughout the movie, there's this joke that she has slept with somebody who is famous, who she thinks is Denzel Washington. I'll let you find out whether or not that is Denzel Washington. But it is the funniest scene in the movie by far. And those two characters, without them, I'm not sure this movie even works. They are hilarious together. Game Night is hilarious. I couldn't recommend you seeing it more. Again, this is the best comedy in a while. Go see Game Night. If or go watch Game Night. It's really good. It's I couldn't recommend it anymore. Switching gears, let's talk about The Favorite, a movie about the old Queen of England, Queen Anne. The movie is basically two women competing to be the favorite of the Queen. It stars Rachel Weisz, Emma Stone, and Olivia Colman. Olivia Colman is Queen Anne, and she is looking... Well, she has somebody, played by Rachel Weisz, who is her favorite, and then all of a sudden... Emma Stone enters the picture, and she wants to become the new favorite, is basically the the plot point of the entire movie. She plays Abigail, the cousin of Rachel Weisz's character, and they compete for the Queen's affection. It is, com- it is a comedy. It is hilarious. It was an Oscar favorite this past year. I thought it was amazing. Rachel Weisz, Emma Stone, and Olivia Colman really do carry this movie. But I will say this. There is one male performance that dominates them all in this movie. Nicholas Holt as Harley is the funniest thing in a movie I have seen in years. Harley is this anti-war guy. He's kind of like a duke in this movie, kind of is the best way I can think of him. If you looked at him, you would think he's a duke. I'm not sure if that's his real title in the movie, but Harley is the funniest thing in this movie. He's witty. He's hilarious. He, he's... He has a lust for power, but it's kind of very odd to see Nicholas Holt transform into this character. If you know Nicholas Holt as Beast from the X-Men movies, it's hilarious to see him in this movie. Again, I saw him in Mad Max Fury Road the other day. He just blows my mind, the level of commitment. I think he's one of the most underrated actors working in Hollywood right now. And even though those female performances are the best things in this movie, he's the funniest thing in that mo- in this movie. And that's saying a lot. Yorgos Lanthimos making the director. He made this a comedy, which I think is a brilliant move. Because Rachel Weisz's character, her name is Lady Sarah. And again, she goes up against Emma Stone's character, Abigail. They're cousins in the movie. They go for the attention of Queen Anne. And I think to make that a comedy just works because there's so... There's so many self-serious movies right now. Not a lot of comedies are really working. And and people are kind of bored by the period dramas right now. I mean, you could have The Darkest Hour, which had Gary Oldman win an Oscar, and that could be some self-serious movie. But this movie's way more fun than that. I think the idea of making this a comedy was a brilliant move on Yorgos Lanthimos. It was just a brilliant move to make this a comedy because it's easy to follow. It's two people competing for the attention of someone. And there's hilarious scenes. There's rabbits in this movie. There's gunfire in this movie. There's shooting bow and arrows at each other in this movie. There are amazing scenes of this movie that are comedic. And then there are some dramatic moments. But again, most of them have hilarious comedy. The scene where 
Emma Stone's character Abigail poisons Lady Sarah Rachel Weiss is one of the funniest things I've seen in quite a while. It's so to go that far, but it's also hilarious where she ends up and what she looks like afterwards. I think this is a really weird, funny movie that really does work and it would it works way better than if it were a self-serious period drama. Let's talk about Rachel Weiss as Lady Sarah. So Rachel Weiss to me is the master of playing ambitious and driven characters. So let me look back at her filmography for a minute. Oz the Great Powerful, she obviously plays one of the Wicked Witches and she's clearly looking for power in that one. Then the Mummy movie, she's like an archaeologist. The movie definitely maybe about a boy. She's always playing career-driven women. And in this movie, again, she's the one who's making all of the decisions. She, To start the movie, she is the clear favorite of Queen Anne. And she's telling her to go into war. And Harley's character, played by Nicholas Holt, does not want to go to war. Queen Anne, played by Olivia Coleman. Again, Olivia Coleman's really good in this movie. I'm not sure it was the Oscar performance everyone made it out to be. But again, she was really good. She is indecisive about things. So she is clearly easily manipulated by people because again she gets manipulated by Lady Sarah and then later on by Abigail once Abigail becomes the favorite spoiler alert but again there's just this whole idea of like Rachel Weisz playing these career-driven, power-hungry characters. She's so good at it. She's kind of good at being awful, but you never hate her in the movies. It's kind of an impressive thing to do. I think especially for a woman to do, it's to do terrible, horrendous things and for audiences not to hate you, which I think she does an amazing job at doing. I don't think you hate her in these other movies when she's career-driven and looking for power because you understand why she's doing things. There's a clear and easy motive. Her husband is in the war. She's clearly pro for it. So you don't end up hating the character. I think that's a really good piece of filmmaking and her performance in it is amazing she's a brilliant actress all in all brilliant performance by rachel weiss i want to talk about actor joe alwyn for a minute he is famous right now for dating taylor swift but what i find more interesting about this joe alwyn is in this movie he's the love interest of abigail's he's not that memorable in the movie it's fine he's fine in it it works but what i find really interested about joe alwyn being in this movie is that he was also in a movie just like this called mary queen of scots starring Sir ronan and margot robbie about Queen Elizabeth and Mary, Queen of Scots. So I find it really interesting that he would be in another period piece like this. But what's so interesting about this is they're two opposite movies. Mary, Queen of Scots could not be more self-serious, and The Favorite could not be more of a comedy. And guess which one works way better? The Favorite. Yes, there are moments of Mary, Queen of Scots that I thought were terrific. Saoirse Ronan's performance was really great. Margot Robbie was okay in the movie. But Joe Alwyn being in both movies, I think it makes it a clear you can compare both of these movies. And The Favorite just works so much better because The Favorite mixes in comedy with a somewhat interesting, somewhat not plot about royalty. I think Mary Queen of Scots is so self-serious and expects you to follow the plot for two hours and be so into it. That I think you kind of lose what the movie was going for. But this is so easy to follow. You never lose where you are in the movie. 
And again, Mary Queen of Scots had some really good things going for it. It's just not as good as the favorite. And it maybe it would have done better in a year where the favorite wasn't also in that year. It would be the best period movie of the year. But guess what? The favorite came and it obliterated Mary Queen of Scots. I'm sorry, it did. It's a way better movie. And Joe Alwyn being in both movies is very interesting. And it's more interesting than him dating Taylor Swift, in my opinion. Let's talk about the director, Yorgos Lanthimos. He directed The Favorite. He is the most unique filmmaker working in Hollywood today. His other movies are The Lobster and The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Both of those movies star Colin Farrell. Rachel Weisz is also in The Lobster, which I have seen. Is a really weird movie where if you don't fall in love within 45 days, you turn into an animal. That's right. This guy is a weird, unique filmmaker with a clear vision, and when he's allowed to do what he wants to do, they usually turn out to be pretty good movies. And I think this is so indicative of what the problem is with big Hollywood movies, is they usually don't let directors do what they want to do. But if you let a guy like Yorgos do what he wants to do, you're going to end up with a brilliant piece of work like The Favorite or The Lobster or Killing of the Sacred Deer, which is another insane movie. I just think he's the most unique filmmaker. Listen, his movies are weird. They're not always... They don't always go in ways that I want them to. But The Favorite was a brilliant, brilliant movie, and he should continue to be able to make these kinds of leaps with his movies. His sense of comedy and drama and mixing of the two and the weirdness and all of them, all three of these movies are so weird in their own simple ways. Again, in The Favorite, Queen Anne has a bunch of rabbits, and each rabbit is a kid that she lost. I mean, that's really sad. But it's also hilarious at the same time that this Queen Anne, the most powerful person in England, is collecting a whole bunch of rabbits and she gets mad at Rachel Weisz's character, Lady Sarah, for not caring about the rabbits. Again, that's like a serious moment, but it's hard not to look at it and laugh. And I just think that his sense of humor is really in there, but his also sense of somewhat drama is also there guiding the film too. And I just think it's an interesting look into his movies. I mean, if you watch the other two, they really don't fit all that well with the favorite, but you can see the sense of humor in all three of his big movies. I mean, he's a really interesting filmmaker. He's Greek. That has nothing to do with his sense of comedies, but again, he's the most unique filmmaker working today. All right, I want to wrap up this podcast by talking about my favorite. Emma Stone is clearly on a tremendous run of success. Probably since, um, I'm going to say, probably since Birdman. Let's call it since Birdman. She has been on. But the last three years in particular, or the last three films that Emma Stone in particular, they're so different, each and every one of them. Let's go down the list here. A little film called La La Land, where she won Best Actress. Then she played Billie Jean King in The Battle of the Sexes. And then in this, The Favorite. I just think Emma Stone is killing the game because she's making, she's not repeating herself, which I think is so hard to do. She's not even doing the same genre of films. La La Land and The Favorite could not be any more different yet they are both equally brilliant and even her underrated turn as Billie Jean King in the Battle of the Sexes alongside Steve Carell that was a tremendous underrated movie probably should have been nominated for an Oscar for that one 
Again, there's also rumors that she's going to be playing Cruella DeVille. I think she's taking risks and turns and she's challenging herself as an artist, which I am always into. She is so good. I mean, probably since the help, she has been the most consistent actress in Hollywood today. I mean, those last three films, La La Land, Battle of Sexes and the Favor, are probably three of my top ten movies of the last four years. Those are tremendous works. And again, I want every movie to be her and Ryan Gosling. But those other two movies without him are really good also. I mean, Battle of Sexes just worked. She looked like Billie Jean King. She looked like she was good at 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 tennis. And then in this movie, she has an English accent as Abigail. And you're like, wow, this could go really bad. We've seen actresses do accents, Blake Lively in the town, that don't quite work out. But in this one, she really mastered the accent. And she's the best thing this movie has going. Yes, in a world where Olivia Coleman won the Oscar and Rachel Weisz was also nominated, Emma Stone was nominated, she should have won the Oscar and she should have been lead actress because to me the movie is Abigail's story. I get why Olivia Coleman's the lead because she's Queen Anne, but if you ask me, Abigail is the lead. You see the entire movie through her eyes. I think she has the most scenes in the movie. The The movie is about her rising from poverty to to royalty, basically, getting married to a knight played by Joe Alwyn, and, and basically rising to the top and becoming the pro, the, the self-proclaimed favorite is basically what this movie is about. How is Olivia Coleman the lead of the movie? She's not. <laughs> Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone are the leads of the movie, and Emma Stone should have won Oscar for Best Actress, in my opinion. Overall, I enjoyed this movie tremendously. It was one of the best movies of 2018. And I will continue to watch it because there are new and interesting things you can find from it. Its sense of humor is amazing. The best scenes in the movie is when Harley is pushing Emma Stone's character, Abigail. Again, that's all I can say. He's just pushing her every scene they see each other. He's trying to get her to conspire with him and stop the war. It is the best scenes in the movie period. Go see The Favorite because it's one of my favorites. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney. There'll be a new episode of Pop Culture Spotlight every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. This week, I put the spotlight on Game Night and The Favorite. Next week, I'm putting the spotlight on actor John Bernthal and the Netflix television series Glow. Tune in for that. Tune into everything. And please rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks. Thanks.